Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for, I'd say, nearly 15 years now. Today, I'm joined by lovely guest, Gabrielle Riviero. Hey, Gabriella, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. And thank you for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about the art of overcoming overthinking. <laughs> if that's even a thought, right? Maybe you weren't thinking about that, but that's the issue right there, thinking too much. Gabrielle Ribeiro is from Mogul Mom and an entrepreneur, had multiple businesses and at the same time, and while balancing her family life. But you know, I don't tell your story very well, Gabriella. So if you wouldn't mind filling our listeners a little bit about where you came from and what inspired you to get to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Well, I, you know, I grew up with an entrepreneur as a dad. So I think I had pretty much the best role model and front row seat to, <laughs> to wanting to run your own business and, and kind of like the ups and the downs, which right. I'm really, really grateful for. Because if I hadn't seen all of that, I probably wouldn't have learned really crucial lessons, you know, when, when I wanted to start. But right. you know, for me, I mean, obviously, I went to college and, and you know, I did a grad degree and I had a lot of different ideas of what I wanted to do. But I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. So I figured it, it would find me when I was ready. <laughs> Right. And it kind of, kind of did. You know, yeah. yeah, I did the corporate thing for a little bit. And now I run a few businesses that are all centered around travel. Funny enough, that's my passion. And that's what my dad did. But recently, I had acquired a, a really beautiful community and have been able to grow it called the Mogul Mom. Right. Amazing, dynamic women that are, you know, trying to raise a family, trying to run a business and trying to hold it all together. And I think that's, that's a big <laughs> ask, you know, because a lot of us are just overloaded. And then you add, you know, mom life on that and yeah. you know, married life or whatever your case may be. Yeah. It's been an interesting journey. I still do have all of my businesses and love them and they're and I'm passionate about them. But what Mogul Mom has really allowed me to do is to really get up and close with a lot of women who have been struggling with things that I've been struggling with and hopefully give them a portal and a network to help them through it. Because when you're launching or running your own business, it's really, really challenging. I sure. think it's rewarding. It's kind of like motherhood. Really yeah. rewarding, but really challenging. <laughs> really challenging. Yeah. 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 I know how that is. I was a single dad for a while trying to do business and take care of my son, running him back to forth to school, running back and forth to work, trying to manage everything. It's a challenge. It is. And sometimes you're like the people in your immediate circle don't quite understand because I think a lot of the times yeah. what happens with moms is that you get into a different circle. You're around people that maybe work, maybe don't. And your, you know, your friendships change. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to find that support. So that's kind of what we do. So that's me in a nutshell. So always very busy, but it's been nice to have this sort of passion project also. Right, right. That's fantastic. I can certainly appreciate that. People need that kind of support. Absolutely. So Go along with our topic of the day, which is art of overcoming overthinking. Can you explain a little bit about what we're talking about when we mean overthinking as regards to, I mean, primarily what we're talking about is regards to entrepreneurs and business, but it could apply to people who are maybe in a nine to five job, you know, or in a management position. It certainly could. And yeah, I'll keep it on the business level because a full disclosure, I'm terrible at this in my, in, you know, in, my, <laughs> in just regular life, you know, all over sure. a restaurant menu, you know, um, to that degree. But right. I think with business, I've always been very focused. And I think what I see most of, and yes, okay, it could apply to corporate, but mostly entrepreneurs or people who aspire to be, a lot of the reasons why mm. they don't ever do it is because of fear, which is completely normal, you right. know, and overthinking leads to more fear. And mm. really just kind of, you know, never thinking that they're 
capable of just diving right in. I think a lot of people wait for that perfect moment. And again, like I always bring it back to like yeah. having a kid who is ever ready. Did you really know <laughs> what, no. what you were going to get into? Did I, I mean, there, there are I no didn't. real manuals for that. You know? <laughs> no. I think what happens is people aspire to do their own thing and entrepreneurship is amazing, but they don't because they always are extremely worried about the what ifs and they talk themselves mm. out of it. Mm by overthinking and, and imagining every single possible scenario that could go wrong, you know, versus what they could do to at least just try it and give it a chance to go right. You know, nothing can go right or wrong if you never actually execute it. True. So um, that's what I think is, is a common issue because I think now in this day and age and culture that, you know, there's been such a rise in entrepreneurship, which is amazing, you know, and especially with people who have kids, you need that flexibility. Oh, yeah. And I really feel that it's the fear and the overthinking lately that leads to people saying, and you know what, I'm not going to take that chance, which, which is unfortunate. It is too, because there's so many great ideas out there that, you know, don't see the light of day. I was working out one time and I listened to one of these workout motivational, I use YouTube a lot for it. I just remember this little quote that one of the guys was talking about in one of these motivational things that on your deathbed, you're going to be sitting there and, you know, what's going to be visiting you is your idea that you had. And it's going to say, I never saw the light of day because you never brought me to life. Only you could have given me life. And I didn't get to see it, you know? Very true. That's the idea right there is like, if you've got an idea, you're the only one that can make something happen of that idea. Yeah. And we spoke before about, you know, measured risks, I guess, or, you know, ways yep. to take, you know, and I think that plays a lot into this because I think what a lot of people don't realize too, is that, you know, launching your vision or even getting something started doesn't have to mean you bet the farm or you, you know, you right. gamble away your family's life savings, you know, or something. Right, right. there's always a way to do it. If you believe that you can, you know, start small. Right. And a lot of people aren't you know, willing to do that. Again, that comes with the overthinking. I think a lot of the ideas fail because people say, well, I've got to make a million dollars in the first six months. Or otherwise, this wouldn't have been worth it. You know, and that's probably not going to happen. You know, <laughs> it's not realistic. Yeah. And I think that, you know, going in with more realistic expectations, sometimes it sounds like terrible advice, but I always say aim low when it comes to numbers and things, because those are actually going to be the metrics that you'll probably achieve. And you'll feel better. It's kind of like starting a right. diet when you say, well, I've got to lose 40 pounds by tomorrow. It's not possible. Right. But give yourself six months and you'll start to see that come off, you know, slow and steady right. and you'll start to see it stick. Right. You know, a lot of people, when they give the advice of trying to become successful with business, they say, aim high, have something that's hard to achieve. Then you have a high goal and you're always <laughs> reaching for it. But what you're saying is, is that it's not so much that having a high goal, but when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your business, numbers wise and such, to be realistic about it. Yeah, I think it's important because it's not, you know, like slow. It, you want the rapid growth. Everybody right. does. Everybody wants the overnight solution, but there's no like magic, you know, potion in a bottle. Right. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take rearranging things. It's going to take sacrifice. It could take loans, you know, whatever the right. case may be. But it's not instant. And anybody, you know, out there on the internet that's telling you it is, is really <laughs> either they've spent a million dollars on their own stuff to achieve those numbers, or, you know, mm. they're, they're trying to sell you something that is, isn't quite accurate. Right, right. I would suppose there is some people there that get pretty quick success. You know, they're, they start well, sure. getting profitable very quickly, maybe within the first six months or so. But, but not everybody. But not, not everybody, everybody and not sustainably, realistically making that kind of money. You mentioned managing expectations. I think that is definitely important. I, for myself, I've noticed that in business and in my personal life, when my expectations of how something should go, whatever that is, 
how a person should act at work or in a relationship, what I wanted for an outcome. And it was kind of when I impose that expectation on the situation, it doesn't usually come to fruit like that. And it just frustrates <laughs> me and makes it harder for me because then I start trying to push to make that expectation happen. And it just ends up being the exact opposite result. It's true. But the one good thing I think we have in business is that, you know, I think expectations are good if it's only you involved in the equation. You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when like we rely on somebody else or something, but like, you know, I always equate everything to like losing weight, but think you're the only one that can do it. Sure. You're the only one. If it succeeds, it's you. If it fails, it's you. You know, right. you can't blame anybody else for it. You know, it's kind of that sort of thing. So I think, you know, in business, it's sort of, you know, if it's your own baby, you've got to control it. Right, right. And you gotta, you know, be clear and honest with yourself. You know, like it's down to where it is that you can set up and work. Can you actually mm-hmm. work from home? Can you do all of these things? You know, is that going to be okay for you? Yeah, but I think having real deep, honest conversations with yourself and being happy with what gets achieved little by little. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's okay to dream about the big picture, but don't hang everything on it because it's going to take time to get there. Right, right. So for six months to a year, new entrepreneurs with new business. And this can happen anytime, you know, because sometimes businesses undergo changes, but, you know, they take on a lot of responsibility. They're thinking about everything. You know, we're talking about this overthinking. They're trying to do too much, right? So what in your experience is kind of a good measure to kind of slow down and take things at a better pace? I think it's important to be clear about, you know, as I mentioned, like different levels, you know, and write them all down and know exactly what needs to get done. And I think inaction is a big problem. And I think, yeah, there's a lot to get done. But I think the reason why certain things like don't keep going is because people forget, people leave them off or they get bored or they say, oh, this isn't going fast enough and I'm not going to do it. You know, I think never losing momentum is really key critical when you run a business. And I think that that could be, you know, someone to help keep you on track. That could be, you know, just even a friend. You can give them a list, you know, and just say, okay, you need to make sure right. <laughs> on, that this is all done, you know, by a certain date. But I think if you can sort of train yourself, just like you would train yourself to exercise daily or whichever, that there's got to be, even if you feel like you're spinning your wheels, maybe you've got to pitch something, maybe you've got to get, you know, a sponsorship on, but whatever it's going to be, as long as you are actually doing one thing minimum each day to make that happen, then I think right. you have a better chance of success. Like I see people all the time that want to write books and they say, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book like their whole life. Yeah. And they've never written one word. Right. Look at their computer and there's no file on hand. Where they right, have a, right. You know, and like... They might have a title, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's, as long as there's activity and it's happening daily, even if we're... Because a lot of us start businesses while we have regular jobs because we can't afford... Yeah, that know, does and, happen a lot. Yeah, yeah and it's understandable, but you know, you've got to keep on track of that. My thing is always one thing every day, minimum of one thing every day. And that means starting small. Right. And that's okay. As long as you're making some sort of progress, even if it's writing that book, if you're writing half a page a day, guess what? That's better than never doing it. Exactly. Right. And then it's getting done. You don't have to, maybe you have in your mind, oh man, I've got this project, this big project. And when I get to it, I'm going to hammer it out. But that's the problem is that all these big projects get put to the side they might be an important project and it doesn't get done because you don't think you have the time to deal with it. But if you yeah. just look at it at one piece at a time, then it's not so daunting. I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who is renovating her house and she looks and says, how the heck am I going to get this done? I said, like, 
one cabinet at a time, one exactly one at a time, one room at a time. Like, don't try to, you know, and it made sense. I think it just, it was overwhelming. And now what has happened in, you know, a matter of weeks is one room actually is done. Mm, yeah. And guess what? You're on to the next. So that's very much, you know, when you're starting a business, that is how it has to go. You know what? It just, I don't know why, but that just made me think about, do you remember that old movie? What about Bob? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Steps. (laughs) That was a great movie. Baby Steps, Baby Steps. (laughs) Yeah, that's really what it is. You know, and I think a lot of us, again, we feel, you know, she might have easily fallen into that hole of saying, oh, just forget it. I can't do all this. It's going to be too expensive at once. And it's good. But now she's, you know, figuring out what she can do on her own. Yeah, she can paint versus getting a painter. And that's Mm kind of like business. What can I do on my own so I don't have to spend a fortune so I can get it to a level where it looks good and it's up and running and then I'll worry about that stuff later. And I think that that's a real important thing to keep in mind. But kind of with that too, you know, when you're saying what things can I do on my own at the same time, thinking about what can I outsource to someone else, an employee or someone to outsource to that isn't worth my time to focus on, or maybe I'm not an expert on or whatever it is so I can get done more efficiently. Yes. Right. I think it's important. Yeah. And that's the thing that's kind of doing your research and asking your circle. I mean, a lot of people say, well, how am I going to get this done? There are so many amazing virtual assistants out there. This is just an stay at home moms that are dying for something to do. They've launched this VA business. If you can't organize a database or you can't sit there and make phone calls all day or whatever you need to do, you know, on, on the side, you can hire someone to do it and outsource it that will understand it's a very specific need and help you with all of that. You know what I mean? And, right. and that doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars. That could be like, you know, a small project that you farm out. Right. Yeah. And there's all sorts of different ways to do it. So you don't have to look at everything and say, oh God, like just like a house renovation. Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? the house. Right. No, it won't. You can do, you know, you can do different things to achieve the goal and, you know, maybe not spend so much money, but have it look pretty good. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that can be a factor too. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself being way too much of a perfectionist and that kind of goes into the overthinking. I think about all the details of whatever it is I'm working on so much that the progress isn't really happening the way it should be. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen people obsess over websites. I've seen people Mm -hmm. obsess over logos, you know, and things that have dragged their feet for six months to a year. Right. You know, and the reality is it's just so much better to have your website up, you know, <laughs> worry about, you know, the visuals a little bit later, but, you know, get going so that somebody can actually find you. Right. Yeah. You could always perfect it later, you know, but it's so much better to have that action, to have something in motion than nothing at all, because you're so worried about the details and you're thinking about it all the time. Maybe that comes back to what you were talking about earlier, fear. You know, a lot of people do it. I have a friend and she's, you know, it's, she's funny about that. Like she was on the precipice of launching something and she wouldn't tell the web designer to turn it on. Right. And I was like, well, she goes, well then it becomes real. And then I have to actually do it. You know, like, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather like hover in and that's okay. Cause you have to hover in your space and you can only do it when you're ready, you know, and that's fine. You know, but you have yeah. to realize that, you know, getting it done is better than having it, you know, be completely, completely stellar, you know, cause the chances are yeah. it can run pretty well and function you know, at the good level. It doesn't have to be spectacular. Yeah, exactly. You can work on tweaking and perfecting it over time. That's right. So, you know, we're talking a lot about overthinking work and work is complicated. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself where I'm working too much and I'm not giving my family enough attention and I have to kind of reprioritize a little bit. But that can be tough, right? Especially if you're a single mom trying to integrate your family life in your work. 
Yeah, it's hard. But I think what has helped me and what I always kind of tell moms to do no matter what, you know, whether you're married or not, is to get family buy-in. Yeah. And what I mean by that is really to make them a part of what you're doing and make them understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. You know, because mm. chances are you're sliced and diced as a parent. You know, your time is you're here, you're that you think you're sitting down and someone's screaming for a towel or someone's screaming for a glass of water, you know, <laughs> a block of time. You know, and for me, I'm home a lot. Yeah, I work from home, but I also travel a lot. So that's my, you know, I don't go to an office, but that's my trade off. So right. I brought my daughter on so many different occasions to different places around the world, which I'm fortunate to be able to do, or even to just a meeting sometimes where I know it's going to be a little casual and kind of show her, well, you know, okay, this is mommy's client. This is what I do for, you know, for this particular group. And this is the way. And she sort of started to love it now, but she has gained an understanding of, okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? And yeah. moms work because, you know, if this happens, then we get this. And <laughs> I think that, you know, as long as the people in your life understand what you're doing, it goes down a little bit easier for those times that you can't always be present. Yeah, true. Communication, right? I mean, that's what it is. It's communicating with your family, friends, loved ones to as to what's going on. And yes, it always helps. <laughs> Tell well, you. It helps you know, you have something wrong, it's better to talk about it than not. You know? Oh, absolutely. Because so, like, I don't know about you, but I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I try, but no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've tried to. I've had a couple of relationships where they thought I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I think the next part of that is because I think everything is connected personally. The thinking and the prioritizing, managing expectations, uh, communicating with your family. But you got to take care of yourself, too, because if you're not healthy, if you're not feeling good, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not keeping fit, eating well, you know, if your mind is in a negative place, whatever it is, it affects your family, friends, you know, your personal side and greatly affects your work, too. No, I agree. Yeah. And self-care is always something I talk about a lot because, again, that's overthinking. Most people say, I don't have time for that. I, don't, I can't go away for the weekend or I can't just connect. And self-care, it's simple. It, it could be watching your favorite trash TV show, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Or exactly. Time to read a book or, you know, just read a few pages that relaxes you or even just going for a manicure. You know, I mean, whatever it is that, that gets you removed for a little bit yep. is all self-care and it, it all counts. Yeah. True, true. Sometimes I like to just go for a drive. I, I love driving. So and that's fine. You know, if that relaxes you, then, you know, then that's your thing. So, yeah. And I think, yeah. again, we get caught up with it. it has to be a weekend. It has to be this. It has to be I go away and I can't do it. Right. Yeah. Sometimes what I do, because I'm very busy a lot of times, you know, I have days where I'm working till 10 o'clock at night trying to work on a project, whatever it is. But what I try to do is just find a little time here and there in the day, take a step back for 10 minutes and and do something for myself, yeah. you know? And it's important. Yeah. It, and we all deserve that, that 10 minutes or whatever, you know, hopefully it's longer, but um, exactly. we are due that time to ourselves to be, to become better. Right. Right. Exactly. Personally, 10 minutes. I set that as like a little goal for myself. If I'm working and I know I'm doing a lot, then I'm going to step away for at least 10 minutes and just do something completely unrelated that just kind of de-stresses me. Yeah. That's just my kind of, I throw that in the middle, but I try to spend more time than that during the day. But I think it's a realistic goal that, you know, at least every, maybe every couple hours when I'm working on something, I can step away for at least 10 minutes. I deserve at least that. (laughs) Absolutely. I think we all do. But, okay. So before we close for the day, what I'm going to do is ask you for our little Wealth Tactic Rebel spin on a value bomb, which is something in your experience that our listeners can look to avoid 
and something they could do about it? Avoid, I'd say, the self-doubt and the fear because I think mm. we didn't address that, but that it also comes up a lot. And I just say this mm. because I'm dealing with so many people in that position where they're sort of either at the precipice. There is nothing that makes anybody else better or more capable or more equipped than you yeah. to do what you feel passionate about. And other people may do it in different ways, but if it's burning in you, then there's a reason, you know? And right. I think a lot of people ignore it. And yes, when we become parents, and we put other people first and, and that doesn't change. But it's self-doubt that I think blocks a lot of people from taking a chance because they feel like they don't belong or they didn't study this or, you know, well, guess what? Nobody studies how to run a business. It just kind of happens. Just like you can't study right. parenthood. It just happens. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, what do I do? And, I know. You know. It's just very individual. So I think, yeah, the, the self-doubt, which also comes with fear and that's all normal, but never think that you are any less equipped to be able to launch a business than anybody else, especially if you have the desire to do it. Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. I really appreciate sharing your knowledge today. And before you go, is there anything you'd like to share with our uh, Wealth Tech Rebel listeners? You know, I would say, uh, well, I wrote a book called Just F and Do It. I won't say that. <laughs> but it is kind of how I approach everything in life. And that kind of speaks to what I say. Like, just don't, you know, dragging your feet never gets you anywhere. Mm. And it's better to have taken that chance, just like we just spoke about. So, you know, and if you happen to be listening and you're a mom, <laughs> just come visit themogulmom.com or we've got some really great, you know, Facebook groups that have support at different levels for, you know, wherever you are in your business and your life. So we'd love to see if we can help you. Excellent. And we're going to put Gabriella's contact information on the show notes page for today's episode. So Wealth Tactic Rebels, you can go to WealthTacticRebels.com and find today's episode of The Art of Overcoming Overthinking. And you'll find her contact information there as well. And again, thank you for sharing your knowledge today. I think it's valuable information and hopefully we help someone just get it done. Breakthrough. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. And Wealth Tactic Rebels, thank you for joining us today and have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real life examples. See your progress with quizzes and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit Wealth Tactics rebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.